Welcome to the ClassCast Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Tibbins. Today, I'm sharing a quick preview, kind of an early highlight clip, teasing episode 53, which features Dr. Matthew Rhodes. Now, Dr. Matt has recently published a book called Navigating the Toggled Term, Preparing Secondary Education for Navigating Fall 2020 and Beyond. Matt also has another book going to publication now. It should be available later in 2021. Matt focuses in on ed tech and how technology and different tools can support student learning, particularly right now during a time period in which people are working online more than ever, right? So he's a big fan of blended learning and looking at different ways we can leverage technology to support student growth, also looking at how we can use it to gather data to further that student growth. Now, I talked with Matt uh, about all the things we're dealing with with online school and the return to school and different tools that we can be using to support our students and and improve our practices. And near the end of episode 53, unprovoked, unquestioned, Matt offered up his opinion of the concurrent hybrid or high flex model that has students working with the same teacher in the same class, though some students will be in the classroom and some will be working from home. Earlier in fall 2020, I released an episode trying to explain to parents and teachers what the concurrent hybrid model was really going to look like in practice. And that is that for most students and in most classes, it's essentially going to be uh, some version of the online class while some of the kids happen to be sitting in the room with the teacher. Now, there's obviously some variations, and in some cases, people may be able to uh, do a little bit more with it. But the reality for most people is that, that it's, it's just going to be online while sitting in the classroom. And a big reason for that is that there's not really been any significant research into the topic. And as Matt points out, we are sort of flying blind in terms of best practices. So near the end of episode 53, Dr. Rhodes offers up his opinion of the concurrent hybrid model, also called HyFlex and give some warnings for any school systems that are considering it. So if you live in an area or work for a school system that is considering the concurrent hybrid model, Dr. Rhodes gives his views and some things that we probably all should think about. If you hear anything here that you strongly like or dislike or you're curious about, you can always reach out through classcastpodcast.com. And remember that you can listen to the Classcast Podcast on all major streaming services, plus YouTube and at www.classcastpodcast.com. The full audio for episode 53 will be released on Sunday, January 17th. Please check it out and let me know what you think of Dr. Rhodes' ideas and all the different ways we can use the technology in these trying times to advance our practice. Without further ado, here's an early highlight from episode 53. Enjoy. Is there anything in general you want to address? And then what do you recommend? Yeah. So one thing that I want to talk about for about a couple of minutes more is the concurrent slash high flex model. I think that, um, like you said, in your school district and their districts around the country, um, I was interviewed for a national story by NBC News, and I've had opportunity to talk to teachers around the country about like specifically like the challenges of this concurrent option. And honestly, it's like without the like really good training and without certain tools, it's like really impossible to do over like long term periods of time. So I just really do hope that districts really think about what they're doing. Um, with this concurrent style, if you're providing like no training or if you don't have a tool like Bloxy or Classroom Relay or um, there's another one that of these tools where you can see everyone's screens at the same time, monitor their actions, you can record their screens, you can freeze them, you can take a URL and you can place it into their screen for them. Also, um, you can send them private messages within that application. Like if you do not have like one of those fundamental tools, 
like you're absolutely going into this crazy. It's like something that you should not do. It's not going to be beneficial to the students at all. And it's going to burn out a lot of teachers. And I talk a lot about that in my book. It's like, if you are doing a lot of stuff that you don't have the tools nor the training to do, it's going to create a lot more burnout. And we're facing already an unprecedented teacher fatigue and burnout rate this year. And it's not going to be good for the profession. So districts are are deciding to choose this and not doing it in a way that is strategic or very intelligent, then it needs to really, you need to go back to um, brainstorming what you need to do before you think about implementing it or doing it at all. So I'm glad that you said that in strong words, because I'm not going to say some of that, I mean, you know, I, I have a job and, and all the rest, but I did, I did a short solo podcast where I talked about what the concurrent option was going to be just because when it started floating around locally, I just, I was looking at like, I'm on, I'm in a couple like Facebook groups where it's, it's actually like parents who want to reopen mm-hmm. the schools and things like that. And I'm just there. I just want to keep a pulse of like, what are people thinking? What are the questions that maybe parents have and things like that? And a lot of people were so excited, like, ah, finally my kid's getting back to school. And I was like, yes, but like, I don't think you understand what this means when they're going back to school. Yes. That's actually been like one of the most downloaded episodes I've recorded, not because it's the most interesting or had the most, it was because in, in the local environment, like people didn't understand. And then they're like, Oh crap, this is like, and then I, you know, apparently like a homeowners association sent out my podcast to everyone in their community just because they're like, no one understands what they're doing. And I'm thinking like, man, like I'm not the guy that should do it because I only maybe if I'm lucky, I three quarters of the way know what I'm talking about, right? This is a a platform or a model of schooling that could work, but I don't know if we're doing all the things we need to upfront to make sure it's going to work. So when I tell my students, like, guys, if you're coming into the classroom, just expect that you're going to be in the room with me. You're just going to be doing basically the same online class, just sitting 12 feet away from me or whatever. And I think in an ideal situation, that wouldn't be true. I'd be able to vary it up a little bit more. I just don't know that I have the tools or the time to figure out how to do that because I don't have extra time. Like I, I have to teach class until right up until the day they show up. I don't get two weeks off to play with new tools and figure it out, you know? And so I, I don't know that I'd say no one should do it, but I think I agree that maybe we should be way more cautious about how we do it. If, if that's the best decision yeah, we can I make. Mean, essentially the research in higher ed is that basically the course has already been developed before concurrent even begins. So that's, basically the big um, thing that we need to point out is that traditional high flex learning that is also characterized somewhat as concurrent. Some people get the definitions. They, they are a little bit confusing and there's misnomers with each, but the research has shown that if you don't have an entire class pre-built with the options, like you have an online option to do this activity versus an in-person option. If you don't have it already built in that course shell, then it's not something that's going to be really effective because you're not providing those alternative opportunities for the cohorts. And also you're not providing the opportunities for them to intermingle in a way that's effective or pre-planned. And then thirdly is, is that in the K-12 environment, there's absolutely no research to this. There's no research. There, I mean, in terms of like understanding it from a classroom management perspective, thinking it from a technological, looking at uh, the logistics of looking at a variety of different interfaces for the average teacher. Also thinking about, building the shell or building the course that is more pre-planned and you cannot do it day by day. It's just, it's something that is just a logistical and instructional nightmare if that occurs. So it's, 
it's something that is, I mean, I, I just warn everyone when they're thinking about it, just based on just those reasons. You know, and I, I, yeah, sometimes I get, I get, I got a little bravado going and I'm like, I'll figure it out. I'll be good. And in the end, I'll figure it out well enough. But, you know, I think about some teachers where, you know, I'm, I'm teaching kids at the end of high school and all the right, like, yeah. I, I can't imagine trying to pull this off in seventh grade. You know, like that's where if, if I'm looking at a room full of, you know, college bound students in 11th and 12th grade, they're maybe set up with some basic skills. They, they have some foundational skills that make this more accessible to them than maybe a seventh grader does. They have those executive functioning skills, you know, thinking about like a K through six. I'm just like, I don't yeah. know how it could happen. It's at yeah. all. It's, <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, locally they're not doing it. The, the plan is not to do it in elementary school where I work, but middle school and high school, that, that is the yeah. plan. And um, as you said, you know, the lack, the lack of research means that everybody's just kind of guessing how it's going to go. 